Nine minutes after nine o'clock, free for all Friday. A historic day Henry Flagler would probably be happy about. Um, and, uh, oh my gosh, we're live right now. Bob Pickering out on the... Bob, be careful. Train's <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? All right. Should probably explain what's going on right now here. It's free for all Friday. Um, we've got Bob Pickering, who is um, our emergency management specialist. But you're on your own personal time out there covering the uh, Brightline launch officially ribbon cutting today, right, Bob? Yes, absolutely. And uh, again, I'm on. I'm on. I'm off today, so I'm on my own time today. And uh, we already saw the first Brightline, the second Brightline train actually leave Orlando. Uh, left right on time at uh, 8.38, and the first train from Miami is going to be doing here at about 10.19. Yeah, so, uh, and uh, from the uh, information that I've been uh, getting from other uh, railroad enthusiasts and such, that the, the first train that's coming up from Miami has uh, officials and VIPs on it and such like that, and some of the local media has been here covering bright lines, so... Uh, so far, so good. We got some good pictures uh, as it was leaving Orlando, and we're going to relocate uh, a little bit further to the east for the next few trains here. They're, they're doing here in about an hour. All right, a lot of people aren't aware. First of all, let me not be rude. Introduce our guests this morning in the studio. Of Brittany, Brittany Kershaw. <laughs> She's like, what? You're introducing me first? Yes. Good morning. Good morning. Brittany is our uh, Director of Communications for the City of Palm Coast and our Mayor, David Alphen. Good morning, Bob, and uh, lucky man you are to see the uh, launch of uh, this new rail system. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that, and uh, I've been planning this for quite some time, and uh, I'm grateful to my boss, uh, Jonathan, for allowing me time off to be able to do this, and uh, been, it's been a good trip so far. All right, also Brian McMillan, our publisher of the Palm Coast Observer and co-host, Free for All Friday. Good morning, BP. Good morning. Happy Friday. All right, so, um, and of course, all right, you know, yeah, pedestrian was hit and killed by a train this morning, which threw everything off by 30 minutes. And, uh, and also, ironically, this is National oh. Train Safety Month. Yeah, and uh, Rail Safety Month, and... Uh, and, I, and let me talk about that briefly. It's like I have a friend of mine that works for Ford East Coast Railway. He's a freight locomotive engineer. And just to uh, clarify something, a lot of people will use the word conductor. The conductor does not run the train. The conductor is the person that's in the passenger cars taking the tickets. Or they are, if they're involved in a freight train, they're in the cab managing the paperwork and, and all that stuff, uh, but they are not the operator of the train, is the engineer. With that being said, uh, this friend of mine is a locomotive engineer. He's worked for the FEC for over 35 years, and in that course of his employment, he's hit over 50 people, and every single one of them was someplace where they should not have been. Well, like on the tracks, maybe. But yeah, and yes, and 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 uh, and a lot of people, because I, I, I'm I've been photographing trains since the 1980s, and I see people do it all the time, take shortcuts across tracks and stuff like that, and that's actually illegal. It's illegal in all 50 states to be on the tracks except at the designated crossings. All right, Mayor Alphen. Hey, hey, Bob, a question for you. Since you're such a train enthusiast and have studied yeah. so much, trains are big. They're noisy. They go fast. Why is it that folks are not afraid of them? Why are folks willing to take that risk? Fifty well, people is a lot of people. It's just yeah, mind-boggling. Yeah, I, yeah I, it, it is, and it's almost like it's the same thing. What? Why there's vehicle crashes all the time? Because somebody's in a little bit of a hurry. And I saw a sign on a crossing uh, in South Florida one time. It said it takes a train approximately two minutes to go through this crossing, whether your car is on it or not. And so, and, and it's true though. And, but the sad fact too, is that some of these are suicides and, uh, it's horrible for everyone involved from the train crew to the family of the person that, you know, decided that was their way out and everybody in between that has to respond to it. So some of those are indeed suicides as well. And it's just, and these accidents are just horrible all the way around. And I feel for the train crews because 
they're not doing anything wrong. They're doing what they're supposed to do, and yet they get involved in something like this. All right. Well, hey, well I want to talk more. want to move on past this, but I do have to ask, what yeah. about wildlife? Like, you know, are they smarter than us, the deer and raccoons? And Every once in a while they hit one, but most more often than not they get out of the way. But uh, it does happen on occasion, uh, sadly. But uh, most often than not, and, and especially the, the faster trains, um, the lines are fenced in that mitigates that. Like a bright line, the fastest part of the line is from Orlando to Cocoa Beach, and that's 125 miles an hour. And there are no grade crossings, and there are no access to that whole route. It's all fenced off. Is 125 miles an hour considered um, high-speed rail? Because I hear where they go 200 miles an hour. And that's considered class high-speed rail, which is the lower end of the scale, and then um, I'm pretty sure it's class 6. There's a classification system of it, and the lower end starts at like 110 miles per hour. You can still have crossings at 110 miles per hour, but the gates have to be done differently, but then when you get above that, then you, you cannot have crossings. So you can have, theoretically, you can have trains excess of 200 miles an hour, which is the higher end classes for high-speed rail. So these are the fastest trains outside of the Northeast Corridor between Boston and Washington, D.C. Go ahead. I thought you were going to ask something. All right. Hey, uh, la- yesterday, the Tiger Bay Club here had a, a luncheon with a speaker, Hussein Cumber, who is the chief strategy officer of Florida East Coast Industries. And yeah. um, everybody in the room was there. Brian was there as well. It was very interesting. And uh, the whole thing of rail, the f- fact that, um, you know, it's privately owned, um, the economic impact, even there is already a positive economic impact here, I believe, because uh, he had said that uh, Paul Renner uses it. He lives here in Palm Coast, our state representative, and he has business in Miami. And he, uh, you know, drives to Orlando, parks the car and gets on the train and goes and comes back and commutes. And on the train, it, it, uh, if you haven't gone to it, go to uh, GoBrightLine.com. And you can see the train. It's and how nice they are. If you're thinking, if you're thinking about, you know, like a, a New York subway or something, this is nothing like that. It's cool for families and, and for everybody. You know, Bob. Just as a reference, um, I worked on a project many years ago. So there's a famous, famous train rail system in Europe called the uh, um, the Orient Express. The Venice, yeah, I'm familiar with that. Venice yeah. Simplon Orient Express. Yep. But those carriages were decked out like a palace. But it looks like the Sunrail is uh, very, very nicely decked out for comfortable travel. So what? Um, so tell me about okay the tracks here. Okay, the the Bright Line train travels on the same tracks that freight trains do. Uh, from Cocoa Beach southward, yes. Can you still hear me? Okay. Yep. Yeah, from Cocoa Beach south, yes. They operate. They operate jointly with Florida East Coast Railway, and they actually have an operating scheme where they're all dispatched by the same entity. It's called the Florida Dispatch Company, and they actually manage the whole thing. The railway from Cocoa Beach southward to um, just about to Miami is all double tracked. So uh, there's plenty of room. And, and Florida East Coast only runs about 12 or so freight trains a day, some days less than that. So uh, they can easily get the uh, passenger trains around the freight. Do we have double tracks in Flagler County? Only in two places. Uh, you have a siding just north of Bunnell called Dorena Siding. You have another one down in favor radical Harwood Siding. And both of those locations are um, used for trains to pass one another. And the way the freight trains are scheduled, they work it out where the train dispatcher will have one take a siding and let another one go by. Hey, Bob. Uh, David Alphin here again. Um, One of the uh, comments that the speaker made was that a project like this, a project that you're watching today, takes decades of planning. I mean, this happens over many, many, many years. The level of detail just to get these projects to the finish line is incredible. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and Bright, I mean, they announced this in March of 2012, and here's where we are. So it took them uh, a little better than, you know, 10 years or so to, uh, to, you know, they got the first bit up and running from West Palm to Miami, and then this bit here opening up today. So uh, it take, and I apologize, I'm getting over a cold, so my voice sounds a little different, that's why. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so it does take a lot of time. Now, Brightline's future, and I'll say two things. First off, you know, is this going to be for everybody? Well, maybe not. Uh, there'll be some people that, well, you know, want to have their car when they get to Miami. But for some folks that are like, if they're going down there for a concert or going down there to stay at a specific resort, 
for us in Flagler County, it might be a lot easier just to drive to Orlando and catch the train because, you know, parking in Miami is not cheap. And uh, you don't have to deal with all the traffic. You know, 95 to the beach line is not a bad drive. And I drove that to get here, and I didn't get stuck in traffic at all. And the other thing is Brightline is poised to expand further to the west. They have plans. They have a project called the Sunshine Corridor, which would allow them to access the uh, convention center, which, you know, I'm a geek. I go to Megacon and all that, and that area definitely needs better transport than just driving there. And then uh, connection to the attractions, and then on to Tampa. And long-range plans, if there's a potential to come north towards Jacksonville, which would put it much closer to Flagler County. So, um they, and uh, yesterday at the lunch, Hussein Cumber, the question was asked, yeah, are you going to ever come to Flagler County? And he said, if there's money to be gotten, we're going to yeah. come by and we're going to come by and pick it up. <laughs> so, yes. and uh, so, yes, and I think we will. The, the talk is for it to go from Orlando to Jacksonville, which means it would be a positive thing here for this area. Um, so it takes, what, three, o- three hours to go from uh, south in central Florida, right? Is it three hours from uh, Miami to Orlando? What's the length of time? About three and a half hours from Orlando Airport, which is where the main station is, mm-hmm. from there until um, downtown Miami. Now, uh, the, these railway stations they use are spectacular. It's not like it's a little shelter with a little, you know, shed and or something like that. These are huge, big railway stations. They have restaurants in them. They have all kinds of uh, stuff in them. And they're really, really well done. And the one in downtown Miami is called Miami Central. And it's 50 feet in the air in downtown Miami, built into a skyscraper. It is a huge railway station. So it is, you know, this is not just, uh, um, this is not just like, it's not like going to catch an Amtrak train. Hey, Bob, since you're such an expert on on the rail system, certainly in, in Florida and I'm sure the rest of the country, I was not able to ask the speaker the other day, how does our rail system in the United States compare to rail systems, let's say, in other parts of the world, perhaps Europe or, or the Orient? Well, yeah, it depends. Um, there are, like, for passenger services, and I've been to the U.K., I've been over there. Passenger services, they are light years ahead of us in passenger services. Uh, freight services, we are very robust with our freight network. Um Matter of fact, the, uh, the way locomotives and stuff are purchased these days, many of the companies from Europe and so forth will buy American-built locomotives because the Americans are good at building freight locomotives. And then, uh, and then the, uh, Ameri- the, the locomotives that like, like Brightline and the new locomotives at Amtrak are being, uh, they're buying, they're all built by Siemens, uh, which is a German company. So if, if I remember correctly, it's a German company. I could be off on that. But still, because they build good passenger locomotives. So um, it just depends. We, you know, the, our freight system is very impressive uh, here in the United States. You know, another uh, I thought was impressive at the lunch with uh, Hussein Cumber. He said that if, if you're in Orlando and you want to go see a Miami Dolphins game and it goes into overtime, they will... Um, they will hold off the train yeah, coming the back train. to accommodate people, you know, unlike a government-run <laughs> organization. Yeah, yeah, they, they will, um, because their trains are special. Boy, that's a low that blow. Day. Present company excluded, of course. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I thought that was really cool, because if you're at a concert or something, um, you know, people leave the concert if it runs late or a game or something, so and he, vice versa. he made versa. a big point of making sure that we all understood that um, the customer service experience was a big part. It's not just a train mm-hmm. on a track. Yeah. Uh, the, the whole experience is important, which leads me to think that not just um, real commuters, but families could take advantage and tour the state more easily. So they could actually get down to Miami where you can't drive anyway and I'm, get in and out of there safely. I think like Brian, wouldn't it be, or Brittany, Brittany's sitting there like just listening to all this nonsense. But, um, you know, I would, I think I'm just going to go take a trip to Miami and come back and hang out and have lunch and check it out and see, you know, what it's all about. I'll tell you what, I'll go with you. Well, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's very feasible. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I think that the, I mean, being on a pleasant, you know, if you're crammed on a bus or crammed on a subway or something like that, then the travel becomes just one of the necessary evils. But if you're sitting on a, like a nice place where you could, you could work or you could, you know, 
you could just, actually you, you could kind of hang out. It would be like a to night. somebody. You yeah. could actually have a conversation with yeah. people. Is it, is it loud in the train, Bob? What's it? No, it's a nice... I've, I've ridden on it before. It is not. It's very smooth. The seats are comfortable. They, the seats have all these creature comforts. I've ridden Brightline before between West Palm and Miami, and uh, the, the trains are spectacular. And like I said, I've been to Europe and I've been to the UK. And and uh, to be honest, the Brightline trains are nicer than some of the ones I've been on in the UK. Is there Wi-Fi on the train? Oh yes, and it's very fast. And I assume there's food service probably yeah, and, and they, all they, the other amenities to make it comfortable. Hmm. Yeah, they don't have a dining car. They have somebody that comes along with a little trolley that offers, you know, they have a food service that goes through the train, which is the way that, the way they kind of do it in the U.K. these days. Wow. Right. Uh, I know That's I cool. took the uh, bullet train in uh, Japan many, many years ago, and uh, you can get uh, 6 a.m. Uh, sushi is coming down the aisle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it's a bit like that. But, uh, yeah, it does lots, and, and Brightline in Miami is connected to the uh, Miami-Dade rapid transit system. So it's like it's connected to Metro Rail. It's connected to Metro Mover. So uh, if you have business in downtown Miami or along that corridor, you won't need a car. And Brightline has a service where they'll shuttle you to last you know, a few miles to your destination as well if you, if you don't have a, you know, a transport link. So no. what, would, uh, what would Henry Flagler have thought about all of this? Could he have dreamed about this happening and, and oh, tagging probably be impressed tagging on to that would henry flagler want this to go from miami to key west i would like it to go to key west because that's one of my things about driving down there is just the traffic and everything that's so freaking horrendous <laughs> it, it yeah it's it, it takes you know the drive from my to here to miami is not bad it's the rest of the way if you hit it the wrong time sure and so and so it's, yeah, so I, you know, I'm in favor. As a matter of fact, it was a few years ago I saw a news article where Monroe County is asking the state to look at a study for some sort of fixed rail transport system for the Keys because, I mean, you only can build so much of a bridge and be so wide of a road, and there's only so much you can do. But, I mean, anything like that would be light years away. I would... Uh, to be honest, I would see them in Jacksonville more likely before than seeing them down in Key West. So, BP, David and I are going to split your fare when you join us when we take our yeah. trip down, okay? <laughs> the three of us will take a ride. Yeah. All right. Hey, let's just charter an entire car and take everybody with go. us. Wonder, could you do that? Could you charter a whole car? Wow. We would, that, be, the, we would be the first. Uh, I'm sure Well, when you go to buy your tickets, you pick, you pick your seats online. Like you do when you fly, you pick your seat. So mm-hmm. yes, I mean you could you could easily do group travel. Block out a whole car. What's our goal for yeah. uh, for fundraising next year? I don't know. Well, uh, but uh, I think I think there's a lot of potential with this, Brian. Don't you? Yeah, uh, I with, do. It's... With what we could do with it, it's um, it, I just see it as here's some f- real quick facts here, Bob. I don't want to you know that. Um, let's see. First of all, for the greenies out there, this takes um, what will they say uh, green eleven. 11,645 metric tons of CO2 is reduced because of cars um, yeah. with this uh, with this being and takes the, the traffic off the road with it. And um, it's uh, what is it? Saying? Yeah, at 125 miles an hour, you can do your work, do your fun, let the kids, you know, play their games, whatever. It's- if you're going to go to the. Um, uh, like a cruise ship or something sure. from here, from Miami. The, one of the worst things is driving from here to Miami. You could, uh, you have a place to put your luggage on the train as well, Bob, or what? Yeah, they have checked baggage and they also have overhead. You can take your, you can take your animals on the train. They do allow pets to travel. Um, there's a lot of innovative things. And here's a very, very important part. The bathrooms on the train are immaculate. <laughs> Didn't the, old, for long. Didn't, didn't the old kidding. days on the trains when it said don't flush while in the station? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's not the case anymore. But the restroom facilities are very well done. They're very nice. It does seem like kind of a lot, a lot, like adding a lot to your travel. If you're trying to go to Miami and you go to Orlando first, from here at least. Um, yeah, but like but I guess I guess you don't have the the parking, you know hassle when you get down to miami but um yeah you got yeah, an uber right to- it's not going to be for everybody some people are going to want to have their cars and then some people are you know this will work for them because they're just going to go to a resort and stay there and not travel a lot in miami so 
Well, and it could be a benefit for us here in Flagler County just with the Orlando hop because, you know, Flagler Beach is the beach for a lot of people that live in Orlando area. When they come over for the weekend, they stay here. So people from Miami, Fort Lauderdale, or West Palm can get on the train, come to Orlando, and buzz on over to a beautiful beach, totally unlike they've ever seen in the Miami Dade area. And remember yeah. the uh, the bridge between uh, Orlando, uh, the connection between Orlando and Jacksonville. So we're equidistant to the mile, 76 miles each way. So having those trains kind of converge right here means that you can go in either direction. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, Bob, thank you. Um, be safe out there. Look out for trains when yeah. they're I, I always conduct my hobby with the highest level of safety. So I always do that. And we're on uh, Innovation Road now. We're getting the next, next train to be here in about a half hour. All aboard. <laughs> All aboard. Bob Bickering. Hey, thanks, man. Be safe. Have a good weekend. Yeah, take care. You too. Bye-bye. All right. So with all this good stuff, why are so many people unhappy in uh, Palm Coast? And uh, isn't that what everybody's looking for is happiness and people moving here from out of town looking for happiness and people being grouchy to them and uh, perceptions of growth and housing and all that. We're going to talk about it all when we come back with our Mayor David Alphen and also Brittany Kershaw, where you will have a voice and a and the ability to predict the future and to make it happen here in Palm Coast with the uh, comprehensive plan. Very exciting. Up. All right, we'll be right back. It's new, the Palm Coast Report. Your number one source for all local news, all in one place. Palm Coast Report, local news you can trust. Truth meter verified. Follow on Facebook or online at palmcoastreport.com. There's no way I can afford a new car. You're not alone. Keeping your car running safe and sound is what we do. Here at Quantum Tires and Auto Repair, a lot of people depend on us. Hi, I'm Bob Gordon. If you haven't had an oil change in a while or something just doesn't seem right, bring it in. Even if you're running short on money right now, bring it in anyway. The most important thing is your car is safe to drive. Quantum Tires and Auto Repair. Corner of State Road 11 and the railroad tracks. Downtown Bunnell. Want to flex your golf skills but don't have the time for a full 18 holes? Head on down to the Palm Harbor Golf Club. You can hit up our driving range with a bucket of balls for a long-distance workout or head over to our putting green to work on your short game. Either way, you're going to get in a great game of golf. For more information or to book a tee time, visit us at palmharborgolfclub.com or give us a call at 386-986-4653. That's 386-986-GOLF. A powerful and well-respected law firm in Florida is now in Palm Coast. Time is money, your money. When you're injured in a car crash or accident, call us first. I'm Josh Woolsey. Offices Jacksonville and now Palm Coast. WoolseyMorkham.com. 9.32, free for all Friday. Brittany Kershaw in the studio this morning. You're here all the time and um, does a great job, by the way, I've got to say, in uh, keeping us, the media, informed so we can inform the rest of the world out there of what's going on in Palm Coast and, and continuous flow of information. Brian, you can attest to that is really important <laughs> because there's a, some... Well, some of the local cities don't really have anybody doing that. Absolutely, you got to kind yeah. of track it's, it down. Not only that, it. but uh, Brittany's uh, sound bites and words on the radio are always crystal clear and extremely easy to understand. Stupendous. Wow. Mm. Gosh, Thanks, guys. Gosh, <laughs> we're talking about her like she's not here. <laughs> anyway, and also, um, because you do it really, you have a very good understanding. You work with the sheriff's department before moving over to the city. And um, for the, uh, the, um, the, Palm Coast Lighted Boat Parade, I have asked you to be one of our co-hosts yes. um, on the broadcast. Thank you for and, asking. Uh, Lashaka Moore is also going to be one of our co-hosts this year. And um, it'll be fun and we'll be, um, and the city is going to be providing video and then we'll do the audio. So it'll be kind of play by play and you can watch it anywhere in the world yeah. and hear what's going on. And you're bringing your son with you, right? I am, Cameron. He'll be uh, turning 11 soon. So he'll be 11 at the boat parade and uh, he feels like a real celebrity being asked to participate in the commentary. So he's brushing up on uh, some fun jokes so, he can tell. So toward him. the end, he'll be like, another boat, 
Another boner. <laughs> no, Brian. <laughs> this is why we have him on there. Okay. That's what that's what my kids would say toward the end, probably. So why are so many people in Palm Coast unhappy? Why you know it's like um, it's almost toxic sometimes when. You know, I mean, I, we're out and about, we're at festivals and concerts and people just move here from out of town and, and there's people looking to move here from out of town and they send something out like saying, Hey, uh, you know, we're getting ready to move to Palm coast. Does anybody have a, somebody to recommend? And then people pounce on it. Like, don't come here. We're already crowded and packed in like sardines. And, and I'm like, I just hate that type of an attitude forming. Why we were a city built to grow we have not even come close to the capacity we were originally designed for is that true that absolutely true yes so what is this big um whole thing of of you know no more growth and not in my backyard and pierre by the way he did a, a great commentary this morning and another one on that like hey i've got mine you know shut the door behind me i don't want anybody else here and i don't want somebody putting their house on that vacant lot next to me that you could have bought and kept as a vacant lot next to you. So <clears throat> this, wh why are, why is so much unhappiness with a thriving city? So I think um, it, it goes right to the human DNA, the human condition. I think people, especially as they get a bit older and quite frankly, we have an older demographic here, build a <laughs> timeline of comfort zones. In other words, I live in a place, uh, I have an empty lot next door to me. I build a comfort zone around that. Should somebody who owns that line, that land decide to build a home, suddenly my comfort zone is changed dramatically. I'm not going to see the squirrels and the birds outside my window like I did yesterday. So people react slowly and are only able to change or adapt their comfort zones over longer periods of time. So I think that creates some anxiety. Do you agree, Brian? Yeah, definitely. I think that um, when, when we, I mean, a lot of times you move, or when people move to Palm Coast, you see all these tree-lined streets, you know, and you're living here and you do have some, you have like the vacant lot very, either it's, even if it's not right next to you, like we used to have 10 more vacant lots down our street in the past 10 years and they're just kind of slowly going away. So what that means is it feels kind of less like rural and, and nature filled around me. And, and that's one of the things that I did like about my street. I still like my street. I love, I love living here. And um, I think that people are hopefully a little less angry than David, so David's suggesting here. So but different though, it changed. In other it words, changed. it was different from your first site. And I felt I, I have no control over it. Yes, you can mm -hmm. say, oh, well, you should have just bought the lot next door. Well, I can't afford to buy my, my lot course. all the up and down the street. Mm -hmm. And not only that, but other streets, you know, like the, the hospital is there and the Goodwill is now there. That used to be all trees, you know? So that, that's one thing that I thought was great about that, that area. And when you see that and other spots up and down us one near Terre elementary now there's instead of trees there's apartment buildings going up but you make a really good point um that you didn't have any control i feel you powerless helpless, mm. powerless the, about the, that the that's a really that's that's a good point the okay, developers well, are coming in and they're tearing down all the trees and i can't do anything about it and i think that there's some human psychology there that is kind of hard to avoid okay so who does have control is the mayor, the city council. This is where the, <laughs> you're, you're go, catching. Go easy. No, just, go easy. <laughs> hey, 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 the okay. city council. It's the, what did I say? The you mayor. said the mayor. Oh, okay. So oh. it's the city council's so, fault. All right. Okay. So the people look at, okay, who is ruining my quality of life in this town? Who is sucking up to all these developers? Who is letting them build whatever they want? This is the perception we're talking about because it's going to be perceptions that are dividing the community. Whose here. pockets are being lined so, by that project. Right. Oh, and they go, oh, our mayor's in real estate and he's, you know, and all these. And, and, uh, and so these perceptions, it's all over social media to it. So I want to play a soundbite of what happened at the city council meeting and then I want you to comment sure. on it. Okay, so go ahead, Mark. Let's hit cut one. 416 dwelling units to 850 possibly. 
I'm not okay with this. That's Palm Coast City Councilwoman Teresa Pontieri, who cast the sole no vote on two land use changes. Amy Cherry has our top story. One of which paves the way for 850 housing units in a development to be called Cascades to the west of Seminole Woods Boulevard. Pontieri was livid. We are earning a reputation in the city of Palm Coast of, if you don't have it in the county, just annex into the city and the developers will be able to double their density. And you can't blame the developers, that's their job. It is our job to protect quality of life for the citizens of Palm Coast, and we are not doing it. Developer Jeff Douglas of Douglas Properties sought to clear the air. We're not doubling the size of, of the project. It was originally approved for 416 units. I think we gave 200 acres to environmental that were uplands and could have been built on. Originally, that was in 2005, so this project has been the, on the paper since 2005, long before many of the houses were built. Pontieri called the density and the economy into question. When we're looking at the concentration of the density, that's smoke and mirrors. <laughs> because we're talking about a four-story building that we're putting up against homes. We have a recession coming, we know it, thanks to national policy making, and we are building all these homes. We already have 15,000 that we've approved in the pipeline. Here we go, approving more. We are going to hit a recession, and I do not want to see the city of Palm Coast go through what it went through in 2007. Douglas fired back. Vote against it. I challenge you to vote against it, because now you're going to have houses backed up to it. So that's the alternative. And shame on the family, shame on the working family, shame on the working person that's getting here. We have zero vacancy in the apartment community, zero. Then the two went at it. To say that this project has been on the books for 850 units is false. It hasn't been. It is false. You're like the prosecutor that goes out and charges some kid with no money. It was 415 units. It didn't include the hook piece. It was never part of it. That could have been another 200 units. It's needless that we have this conversation, and it's dragging families into it. It's dragging all the efforts that everybody's trying to do. Please stop saying that we doubled the size of it. What it's simply factually not true. From the WNZF. All Israel. right. Okay, you were so, there. So uh, I was. I was, uh, yeah. I was right there listening to every word. A very, very interesting uh, conversation and exchange. And passionate. So, and passionate, which, which I like, by the way. I think for the city government to share its passion, its views in these discussions is a very positive thing. The last thing you want is a city council that shares the same idea all the time. I think our purpose on the dais is to exchange very different ideas, but understanding that we have to come to a finish line. But to the question at hand, um, one of the points that I go to first is that the numbers that were just exchanged come from what we call a comprehensive plan. Now that plan was authored more than a quarter of a century ago by quite frankly, a bunch of, let's call them retired gray haired folks, somewhat similar to myself. Now it would be foolish to expect that those people were able to predict what the world would look like 25 years, 50 years or more later. So the comprehensive plan, much like our constitution, is a living or a dynamic document. It was actually written in a way that it could be upgraded and it could be made to reflect what is happening in the current day. So what you're hearing is an adherence to what was written a quarter of a century ago being debated and updated for today. And as a result of that, I think Brittany can bring us up to date on what the city is about to do. So on following just a little more, and Brittany, that's why you're here to talk about this, because we are inviting all of our listeners and everybody in the community to be a part of the, the new constitution, as you call it, which is the, the comprehensive plan moving forward through 2050, I think is what it would take right. us to. Yeah. Right. But there's people that totally share uh, a councilwoman Pontieri's view that the density and by you know building a four-story apartment uh, complex there is a bad thing. And yet I listened to Toby Tobin's Real Estate Matters, and he's saying that density is what we need. Well, let's take the other side of that argument. So there are many people in Palm Coast that came here because they felt it was a green landscape. Now, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to understand that if you build up, you will have a lesser impact on the ground beneath you. So what you're doing is you're actually conserving or preserving green space if you get more creative in the design and don't spread your footprint for a single family home 
on a single lot. But the cost is the, is the whole thing with density because there's there's um, efficiency in the cost in building. I mean, and this is, you know, we talk about afford, I call it affordable housing, work for whatever it is. So we, we all know, but we need to do this for our people. Like Jeff Douglas said, shame on the, the, um, you know, the families trying to, you know, make a living here and, and work here. Shame on uh, the people that are trying to, you know, um, live, stay here. He's, he's completely correct. We have and, a market driven uh, economy for housing here. We simply do not have enough, the term was used, dwelling units for places for people to live. So when you have a shortage of houses or homes or places for people to live, the cost is going to skyrocket. At the council meeting, you said, you know, get over it, basically. Here you are. If you can correct me, I'm paraphrasing you. But you said, get over it. When you have a growing city, you are going to have more congestion. You are going to have more traffic. So, you know. Actually, I, 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 I think I introduced to get over it with what is very important and integral to the process is that we smartly plan to the best of our ability. Getting over it means that you can't stop people from coming here. I mean, this is America. People, um, through our Constitution again, um, have property rights. People can buy land. They can choose to live wherever they want to live. We can't stop them. So what's important is that we plan the best possible city as efficiently, as green, as full of quality of life as it possibly can be. So the, the, the property rights of the, um, I think that's the perception. That's what Teresa Pontieri was questioning is, okay, they have the property rights for 415. Um, and they're asking for the entitlement, we'll call the it the entitlement for 415. Yes. So, what did the city did the city give the developer the right to build more units in their property than they had before so or not? It simplified that, a little bit because what the developer did do was gave several hundred acres of land, which he could have built, could be developed in the future. Yeah. And he, so gave, he it. gave those away. So, the, you know, there's a debate about the arithmetic or the definition of the arithmetic, but. He could have built close to whatever the final number was because of the donation of land, which could have easily been built into more homes, more houses. And they would have been single family homes. I think he made reference to that, which would have had a more severe impact on the green space as well. So instead of having one big piece of land that um, is all developed, they're saying we're going to only develop half of it, but put all the homes on there and make them more dense and keep the other space green. Is that a simple way to say it or? Correct, but okay. they also donated the property to the city as well. All right, another soundbite here yep. from a different uh, councilman. Go ahead, Mark. Oh, there it is. America, this is what we do. We grow, we build, we make jobs. Palm Coast Vice Mayor Ed Danko talking about the decision to green light a land use change that allows for 850 units to be built in the development to be called the Cascades on the west side of Seminole Woods Boulevard. Every building, every development we do creates jobs, creates income for our city. Whether the folks working on those projects or not even live here, they certainly spend money here on gasoline, on food products. Councilwoman Teresa Pontieri was staunchly against the rezoning and got into a heated debate with developer Jeff Douglas. Amid the debate, Councilman Nick Klufus cautioned. I would just like to kind of hold back all the fear-mongering that has been going back here. There's a lot of talk about what could potentially happen in the future, but I think it's important that we stick to the facts and actual content of the way that this is going to impact the community, but also historically what has gone into these type of agreements. Councilwoman Kathy Heider expressed hesitancy in approving the plans, but ultimately did vote for the rezoning. My main concern is what happens when we stock in another 850 units in this development that's there, because it is going to have a large impact on the residents of that particular area. All right. So let me answer that last comment because this often gets left behind. And to put some uh, frame around this, where is the second safest city in the entire state of Florida? Well, you're sitting in it. It's the city of Palm Coast. It's also the 14th, uh, 18th fastest growing city in the United States, but the second safest city. So we have to be careful when we talk about congestion and building and development. What we are doing is we're planning it well so that we continue to make sure that safety is the number one priority because without safety, you have nothing else. So that's extremely important. All right. So get ready. There's going to be more 
You know, people more coming because they're here. But to me, I also don't want us to be a city of grouchy old codgers that tell people don't come here. And, you know, that really... You know, when when we see these people at the like the festival, we have the Creekside Festival, yep. by the way, coming up October 7th and 8th at the, at the beautiful Princess Place Preserve. But there's going to be a whole lot of new people coming here as well. I mean, you know, and you see the happiness there. I mean, everybody's looking for happiness. The people here that are you know complaining about the, the congestion and other people coming here, they're looking for happiness. And the people that are moving here are moving here for happiness. And we owe it to them to welcome them i think in a happy way and the best way um in terms of planning to welcome folks just like you said is as we plan to plan for balance so you mentioned uh, people like me the old crouchy and yourself uh codgers well we have uh i'm not an old grouchy well, codger. just find yourself <laughs> so hey cut that out of the let's here, edit that here's out. what's here's, <laughs> here's what's important that we also begin to attract a younger demographic, a younger resident to the city of Palm Coast, because you have to have balance. A city will not move forward. A city will not thrive. A city will not have the energy to be successful if it doesn't have a good balance, a good mix of older folks, younger folks, all kinds of people. That's what makes a city healthy and also helps make a city financially sustainable for the foreseeable future. Well, I think uh, we, we owe it to our citizens to do the best that we can, as you said, in, in planning. And we all, our citizens owe it to our community leaders that are trying to do the best that they can. Brittany Kershaw is giving you a chance to be heard coming up here in just a minute. And uh, we're going to talk about the uh, new comprehensive plan, right? It's legally, we have to get a new one going here pretty soon, correct? And uh, so we're going to take a break and we'll be back. We'll talk about that and how you can be a part of it and um, hopefully uh, make our future here really bright. Bright line. Yes, absolutely. Palm Coast is blessed to have a company like this. Owners that care about not only about the community, but they care about hiring within Palm Coast and providing um, nice salaries for those that live here and they, they really truly invest back within so you're ready to list it we're ready to sell it this is Sam Perkovich broker owner of Parkside Realty Group stop by our office in town center or call us at 302-0300 visit us online at parksiderealtygroup.net See this? It's a generator for your home. Never needs gas, no moving parts, and it's quiet as a church mouse. Hurricane or power outage headed our way? No worries now. It's a solar generator for your home that works day and night and pays for itself through energy savings and tax credit. Hi folks, this is Bill Gallagher with SolarFit. We're your Tesla certified Powerwall installer and the future is here. Give us a call today for all the details. 445-7606. SolarFit your life and set yourself free with the sun's free energy. You know what I like? about people who drive Mercedes, they have an appreciation for quality. Hi, I'm Andy from Autohouse of Palm Coast. If it has anything to do with Mercedes-Benz, we can do it. From maintenance and basic services to major repairs. If you or somebody you know owns a Mercedes-Benz, I would love for you to be my customer. I'm Andy. I'm in the Hardgrove Lane Industrial Park. You'll find me. Everybody else has. Or call me anytime. 585-4785. Autohouse, Palm Coast. 9.52, free-for-all Friday. Tonight, the uh, football game live here on WNZF with our awesome play-by-play -play high school broadcast team. Rich Carroll, Mike Licio, as the Atlantic Sharks come to Matanzas. We'll be uh, carrying that one live play-by-play. -play. And uh, very few radio stations do play-by-play -play of high school football anymore across the country. It's, like, it's awesome. I mean, talk about a great hometown touch you know, have high school football on the radio. I think it's very cool. Well, and, and what we hear back to, because then they got relatives up north and here's their aunt and uncle and mm -hmm. grandma and they hear their uh, grandson's, you know, name. He made a tackle and he was onto it and listening to it and everything. 
And uh, Rich is working with some video, too. We also do some video of the games. It's, it's not NBC Sports. <laughs> no, but it raises, I, I, I promise you it raises the level of play of the players. So for the yeah. kids that are playing. They love the attention. It, make, absolutely, yeah. it makes them feel important. It's, yeah. like, it, it's noteworthy, yeah. So it's streamed you know, worldwide, and we podcast it. People you know, listen back. The coaches and everybody here in Flagler County are in our school system, I think is just awesome. So anyway, um, so that'll be tonight starting at seven o'clock live. And if you take, you know, the old days of the transistor radio with your earphones, um, you take your cell phone is your transistor radio. So take your earbuds. You can sit in the audience there at the grandstands and listen to the play by play and kind of know what's going on live. I think that's kind of probably grab yourself a hamburger too. That's right. Okay. No beer. It's a high school stadium. Okay. All right. The future of, of Palm Coast, and we're talking about it. So anyway, in short, what I'm saying is for, for everybody out there, like, you know, understand that there, there is growth, which is a good thing. There are cities across this country that have negative growth, and the taxes are, are being piled on the people that stay. Here, we have people coming in, hopefully, to alleviate the tax burden on residents with new businesses and industries and all those sort of things. So we're in a good position compared to a whole lot of other places, I think we're in one of the best positions in the country because, I mean, while we're on the Atlantic Ocean, we're in North Florida, um, we've got a beautiful place and everything. So let's get the attitude of this community in a positive light and let's be welcoming to people and and uh, not be so grouchy. And, you know, if you see somebody say something grouchy on offset it, you know, <laughs> and say, hey, me here because when we move from wherever we were excited about it and we want you to share that same excitement and and uh i'll, I'll buy you a beer at flagla beach or something like that so let's be more welcoming and be nicer people to everybody be more like Brittany kershaw hey i second that and i do think that you have to take social media with a grain of salt you do get some crotchety comments on there often but if you're talking to somebody face to face i can promise you there are thousands and thousands of people here who would tell you all of the wonderful things about Palm Coast. Our community center is bustling with people every single day who are enjoying all the programs, our pool, our golf course, our parks and trails, all of that. So there's so much good going on. And so you kind of, I have to remind myself daily in my profession that what you see on social media is not the true outlook of everyone. I would venture to guess that the majority of our population is extremely happy to live in Palm Coast. Yeah, it's toxic in a way, you know, like a lot of the news and everything. So don't, uh, you know, like you said, go out to those things in the trails and take a deep breath and enjoy your life. Well, the thing where, you know, the, the only thing that's real is now the, 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 the past doesn't exist. The future doesn't exist. The only thing that exists is right now and then what we think about it. So let's talk about the future that doesn't exist yet. It ties right in with the comprehensive plan that Brittany is. Uh, we're, and this ties in with you also if you're a resident of Palm Coast where we want your input. So um, tell us what is the comprehensive plan and how can we be a part of it? So I think when people hear the term comprehensive plan, they immediately tune out because Nobody knows what that is and why should they care about it. So rather than explaining what a comprehensive plan is, I think that we just want people to know that it's time to plan the future. It's time to look to the year 2050. And what do you imagine for Palm Coast by that time? A lot of us, um, you know, will be in a completely different place in their life at that point. So what do you want to see here for, for your future, for your grandkids' future, for your kids' future? Um, and what kind of legacy do you want Palm Coast, to, what kind of name do you want it to have for itself? So if you want to see green space, then we want to hear about that. And if you want to see, you know, sports facilities or an amphitheater or, you know, bring concerts to Palm Coast or, uh, you know, we hear a lot of the kids saying they want skate parks and that sort of thing. These are all of the things that the comprehensive plan is allowing you to map out. It's the blueprint for the future. Very, so we're, Very we're, well said. Yeah, so we're, we're going to start asking people, what do you want to see? What do you imagine for the future of Palm Coast? And for the next year, from October to October, we're going to have these conversations every single chance we get, face-to-face, -face, in person, at pop-up events, as you're walking outside of Publix, which we know love people love to get stopped when they're walking out of Publix. But um, we're even going to have an interactive website. So if you don't want to talk to us in person, that's fine. You can go on the website and interact with us there. But it'll be a, a full year of just trying to reach as many residents as want to be reached so that we can plan the future that they want to see. So, Brittany, would it, would it be fair to say that what we're really reaching out and listening to the residents and asking them 
to help define what their definition of quality of life is. Quality of life is another one of those terms. Or their ideas. It's rather well, broad. Yeah. So if we collectively bring all of these ideas together, we begin, like you said, to build a blueprint on not just what next year is going to look like, but the next generation and the generation after that should look like. I, I'm, uh, I'm 43, so in 2050, I'll be a lot older. Um, whatever the, hair, the math is. The hair won't be an issue. Well, yeah, exactly. It'll be gray and not there also. So, but I, um, but for me in 25, 30 years, you know, I'll be re retiring. So this 2050, like what do I, from now until 2050, like that's me. I mean, that's my family. So anybody who's in the forties, thirties, twenties, like this is, if you plan to live in Palm coast, this is something to get involved with. Um, and I mean, this is going to be your future. So all the people who are, the thing is for this kind of program, it seems like a lot of times the most likely people to participate are the ones who have more time that are retired. The, the, the people already have the gray hair, like David Alfin. Yes. Um, but, but this isn't your Palm coast that we're talking about. It's the next generation's Palm coast. So um, I hope that we can figure out a way with the observer to, help to get the word out and get, get people together to, to give input on that. We'd and like to be supportive of this. Brian, to cir circle back with a comment that you made earlier in the program, which I was really impressed with was this idea of people tend to feel helpless or not listened to. This is the solution to that. This is the way that they will be listened to, that they can participate, they can share, and they can, to some extent, define their own destiny here in the city of Palm Coast. You know, and, and we talk about people moving here. There's a lot of very smart, sharp, bright people that are totally on the sidelines, and we don't even know who they are or where they are living in this community and watching what's going on. We need these people to step up and run for office. Uh, they have skills from up north, whatever. If they were with a city, we probably have retired, you know, mayors and council people and all that that are down here. And um, so if, you, if that's you or somebody um, we need, to fill the bench with good, qualified, smart people to help run our city in the future as well. And uh, so maybe this comprehensive plan outreach might, uh, you know, shake some people off the uh, fishing pier and uh, off their <laughs> boat and say, you know, yeah, maybe, uh, maybe I still have more to give to this world and I should give it here in the city of Palm Coast. So that's kind of what I'm hoping for. We got to go. We're uh, over time. And uh, Brian, thanks or again. Armstrong and Getty. Final Armstrong and Getty coming up. You got it. <laughs> have a great weekend, everyone. All right. Uh, Brittany Kershaw. Yeah. Have a great weekend. Enjoy. Mayor. I wish everybody a great weekend in the second safest city in the entire state of Florida. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Congratulations, Kurt Keller, for being recognized nationally as a director yes. of, yes. of the uh, the year. Have a good one. Be safe. See you at the football game. Friday Night Lights. But the milk's gone sour, my funny face makes you laugh. Twist the top on and I put it back. Flagler County for over a decade. WNZF, 1550 AM, 94.9 FM, and W235 CW Benel.